Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> no, please. Now my turn. <laughs> Put my now, feet up. Now my turn. No, I God, I don't want to overstep my bounds. No, there is none. Please. I, That's we true. have we have no boundaries. I'm I'm excited. Actually, I do have a boundary. It's called knuckle deep. Wait. Sorry. Um <laughs> Where's Izzy, have, Mike? That might have been too much. Uh we should probably do the intro and then we'll uh, talk yeah. to the folks about the reason we're alone. So just us. Do I do the intro? I think I'm uh, intro guy. It's it's usually you. Oh, because you were starting it. I, I was. I was. Listen, I was just excited. I I overstepped my bounds. I apologize. No, no, you're good. I like it. So let's do a thing. I did not have. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to maybe. I've said too much. The what of internet radio? My name is Mike, and I'll be your host as the. As we why through the how and where of the intratubes, <laughs> I'm joined as always by my good friends Joel Crawford and not Izzy Swan. Oh, uh, he was a good man while it lasted. Yeah. This, uh, so, just so you know, Izzy uh, decided that uh, he's done with the show. That's a joke. He's just stuck in traffic on the way home. He's he was doing literally <laughs> stuck in traffic. Yeah. He's actually chatting, and right now he's getting ready to to dump into the chat and go, what in the hell are you talking about? This, so. is, this is a man who, by the way, every time he comes to Atlanta, complains about traffic. And now yeah. he's stuck in North Carolina, well, South Carolina, somewhere. Wherever he is. So. No, not Atlanta. Not Atlanta traffic. Not Atlanta traffic. No. So, but uh, we do have, um, uh, we, we will answer questions for him. For those of you who uh, decided to show up today, uh, for those of you who are listening and don't read things that we post, which I can't fault you for that if that's the case. Um, so we have a, uh, today we decided we were going to have some people like leave some questions and do some commenting and we were going to use the YouTube chat and some of the questions that we got through the uh, Facebook group as sort of a way to build the content of the show. Um, so not really a and a as much as it's just going to be. Um, kind of reading what's going on and you know stuff and so. by the way some of you are very inappropriate in your some comments some of you i don't, i'm not going to mention names and thank you for that right <laughs> i just i wanted i want you kiss your mother with that mouth That's crazy what? what yeah so uh we may end up with uh izzy's actually in the chat uh so he's <laughs> right now in youtube so he's uh i can only assume but, he's not also driving <laughs> No, no, no. He's got somebody holding that because you got to remember he builds things that are drill powered. So that's true. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, so Joel, <laughs> hang on. Mike. Let's say, wait one second. So Izzy, what you been up to? Oh, drill powered, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. But anyway. so uh, so by the way, yeah. Uh, I, I would be remiss if, uh, you know, we do have sponsors for the show, but we, we have picked up a new one. We have. So, and this is not trying to slight our good friends over at Klingspore uh, at, uh, what's their, what's the website again? We, we don't actually remember. And Izzy's not here to tell you. <laughs> so we're, we're in a slight conundrum. The woodworking shop, woodworking shop, something. Yeah. 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 Just in search Klingspore, you'll find it. But, uh, our, our good friend, uh, Sarah of Wartooth Designs is going to be giving away a, uh, a package of things. Um, we haven't decided how we're going to have that um, 
work yet. Uh, I know some of the substance she's got, but we got to figure out a contest and we didn't have time before this because of uh, reasons. So. And it's very weird because Mike just sent out the memo and all it said is, uh, Sarah's giving away her package. I didn't, I, I did <laughs> I put I, that in the chat. I don't fully understand it. I, I want to embrace it though for what it is. Yes. So the war tooth, the package of things, I think is what she's getting. She's done amazing drawings and she's an illustrator and she's a creator and she's, uh, she has a real weird fetish for potatoes. It's fine. I, I don't think it's I'm embrace. No, it's, it's a little weird. It's not bad. Weird. It's, it's weird in the good kind of way. Different weird. It's different weird, but no. there's definitely a potato fetish going on there. So, uh, I just wanted to, uh, really quickly, cause I normally don't read the chat, but, uh, our, our good friend, Dan, uh, did we talk nice about him recently? Yes, we did. I think we did. Uh, he said, this is the episode where he gets to air his grievances. Oh, so I can already tell you, uh, this is, I can already tell you, I see how this is going to go. So I apologize. I'm, I'm excited for that. What, uh, what you been up to this week there, Joel, before we get started on whatever's getting ready to happen here. Well, it rained on us, like all of it. Yes. The whole thing. So that was exciting. That took up a good portion of the week. Uh, we have been, uh, we've completed pretty much everything that's going to be done in the springtime festivities of working around the property. Uh, we've got to buckle down and actually make things now. And, uh, uh, actually something kind of excited happened. Uh, we launched MakerBits uh, last week and we went into full swing of it. So there are lots of makers that are supporting us. Izzy has, um, a design up there, his, his amazing bandsaw arc jig, um, and it sold like hotcakes. And so we are in the process of making all those orders right now and fulfilling them. And just to fill you in, um, makerbits.com with a Z, uh, is basically build it together. So you get a chance to get some of these YouTube creators, uh, products. Uh, that weren't necessarily products. They were just projects to begin with. And then we recreate them and make them in conjunction with a maker. Uh, and you get to buy a kit basically unfinished, uh, but precision milled and ready to put together after you do a little sanding, staining, painting, whatever your flavor is, whatever you're into, whatever you're into, whatever and, you kids are doing these days. And so this week we added a, a new jig, uh, Andy Klein, the great Andy Klein, uh, made this really cool, uh, what you call a feather board, except it's a roller board because instead of the feathery tines of a standard, uh, feather board, it has, uh, actuated bearings, uh, hmm. and we're actually building that right now. So yeah, if you, uh, if you don't subscribe to uh, Andy on Instagram, you miss out. He, he makes weird stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, if you think of like, I think the trio, like the, the father, son, and Holy ghost is, you know, kind of like, uh, Izzy, uh, Matthias and Andy, I, they really incorporate a lot of, uh, thought en- engineering mm-hmm. into their designs. So, uh, so yeah, so those, those are the big three, I think on the YouTubes that would, uh, are at least the most popular that, that really go after the engineering side of mm-hmm. things. So yeah, yeah. there's like making like woodworking and stuff is, you know, outside of like graduating from the plane to the planer, it it hasn't really changed much in the last thousand years. And, and guys like Izzy and Andy and, and, uh, Matias, they, they, 
they have been like, uh, yeah, I can fix that. Like, <laughs> so they do. It's uh, they're they're so and there's a billion of you makers out there that are doing cool things, but you know, we can only highlight so many. And uh, well, it's just a matter. It's also popularity. Everybody that's kind of in our circles should know those names. Uh, Andy probably with the least amount of coverage over the years. Um, but he still does amazing work and, and this particular design cost caught my eye and Izzy's and, and we had a conversation he says, Hey, if you want to make it, go ahead and make it. So now we're making it. So now I have, you know, hundreds of bearings laying around springs and, and, and set screws and pegs and all sorts of stuff. And we're going to be building these in about 10 days. We got to go through Izzy's run real quick. And then those are going to be shipped off to folks who bought them. And it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a super handy device to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that's the whole idea behind maker bits is you get to, you get these cool things that people designed and you don't necessarily have to do all the hard work. You can just put it together and start using it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, maker bits, maker bits, maker bits.com. Well, that's a, uh. Thank you for an easy website because uh, I can't remember the the Clinkspore website to save my life. So this one I'll probably remember. Yeah, I wish actually I'll I probably wish, promote it just as little. But I uh, unfortunately <laughs> somebody <laughs> it's, it's true, but that's okay. It's it's not an official sponsor. It's just a hobby. Yeah, I get it. Well, the, uh, uh, the, you know you know how I know the difference between like um, like what I do and you do. Like oh. the difference between, uh, you know, woodworking as job and woodworking as hobby. What's that? There are times when I don't have to woodworking. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a, like, cause this weekend I had did a million things going. It was my, uh, my oldest daughter left for her very first big girl vacation. She her and a bunch of her friends are driving to, uh, another place to have party time for, for spring break. So she and her friends are gone. So we were getting ready for that. It was my wife's birthday yesterday um we don't do easter because reasons but so um but this weekend has just been incredibly busy and i didn't make things um and and it it occurred to me as i was kind of i walked out uh, generally speaking i'll walk out into my shop at some point and just kind of stand there and look around and i i realized i one of the luxuries of doing what i do is that i don't have to do it that's true <laughs> like it doesn't I don't feel like making things this weekend because I'm busy. I still have a project list as long as something that's really long, but um, I, you know, I, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the the the, the force pushing me forward. So. Well, you know, you know, the funny thing is, <clears throat> uh, well, a couple of things. A, working the last two weeks, kind of around the property, and doing some fairly hard labor. Uh, as we dug trenches and 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 moved rock around and planted things. Um, it was actually kind of really nice and refreshing to get back to, mm -hmm. to, to, to doing the work on the wood. Um, also these new projects as we build Izzy's arc jig and, and Andy's, uh, rollerboard, um, they're kind of reinvigorating too, because you get to the product development side of things is actually is really fun. It's in my mind, it's like, oh, okay, I got to do these things and it's going to be like pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it is a little bit, but once you start it and run your first one and you get to see the things that need correction and fixing, uh, for me, it just gets the juices going to see those. I like the tweaks. I like the, 
the fixes and making it a, as efficient as possible. If I can, I, uh, if, if I can segue for just a second, yeah, uh, because one of the questions that came in on the group, uh, I don't know if people want their full names. We'll just call him Scott because that's his name. But uh, Scott said, uh, as part of this, yeah, I'm not. You know, I, I, I just, is, that would be cool if he like, uh, like, okay, Fred said yeah. it's not his Fred, real name. It's not his real name. It's been we redacted. protected. That wait, that's yeah. not redacted. That's right. Um. So yeah, Scott had uh, he said that we are some creative mother fluffers. I guess that's the PG version, right? Um, what are your inspirations to create the things you do? And then another question: What is your worst flop of an idea? I'm really pissed off that Izzy stuck it in traffic because I would have liked to hear heard his answer to this question. And so I actually want to hear yours on your uh, both your your kitchen trays and your bath trays. <laughs> You, I don't know why you hate that I make these things. I, do, I, I, I don't hate it. Absolutely it, it, not. It completely occupies your mind that no, I am uh, the tray man. There's no, you've, you've found, uh, you found a gig. I, I, I didn't, I've given them all away. I've made zero money on this stuff. No, like this is, I, I know, but I'm saying you found like you're passionate about them. I see them when you post them and, and rightfully so they're good. <laughs> it's, I, you know what I am? I'm attracted to your dismissal of it. I don't know what that means. Well, I think if you would have owned that, like, hell yeah, it's a tray for the bathtub. I've been like, cool. And well, moved on. I think but here's you, the thing. You bucked it. Well, but here's the reason. Like I can't, um, my inspiration for those is somebody sent me a picture of something similar and went, can you make this? <laughs> I mean, and then, and then I made something like it, but you know, kind of my own thing. And then, uh, and honestly, the first one of those I made was more, I, I wanted to try a little bit different finishing technique than um, on some wood stuff. And, and I wanted to see how that came out and it turned out to be really awesome. So that was more like the inspiration. My inspiration comes from, uh, I don't know that I can do it. And then I try to do it and then it's done, which is why I generally don't make the same thing over and over again. You know, like, sure. Uh, I mean, I know I'm the tray guy, but like the, uh, the serving trays, I made a serving tray for myself because I wanted one and I didn't own one. And I've seen them everywhere. And then a couple of people saw them and were like, Hey, that's awesome. Um, and then the bathtub thing, that was it. But I've only made a handful of those and now I'm done making them. Like, <laughs> so they're just, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of the way, like it's, I wanted to try it and then I saw I could do it and then it's just on to the next thing. Well, that so was, that's, I think that's a very fair. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think a lot of people can understand that. I think you and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were about the same when you said, Hey, I have a crazy idea for an outfeed table and I've never seen anybody else do it. Yeah. That was, that was kind of a different idea too, though. Like that was just a, um, that was one of those, you know, how you and Izzy are always talking about, especially with this maker bits thing, you know, find a need, fill the need. Yes. Like I had a need for a workbench that wasn't a workbench and I, I just kind of had to figure out how that works. Right guys. That's like people listening know what I'm talking about. Like there's just, I, and, and then next thing you know, I'm building this thing and I've, I've been using it for like two months now and it is the greatest thing I've ever made. Like it's, I'm, you, I couldn't you be actually, more excited about it. You actually inspired me. I'm getting rid of my outfeed table and I have another thing in mind that is not at all a table. It's not exactly like yours. It serves the same ideas though. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, but it's, it works fantastically um, for what it is. But what uh, what would your be what would your inspiration be? Money. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> no, no, my inspiration is uh, is uh, is um, 
actually, it's exactly the opposite of yours. Uh, so if somebody passes me a picture of something that's well known, say like a bathtub tray, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to call them. Like, I'm not, that's not a dig. No, no, just uh, listen, I've, it's mine. <laughs> we're, right, right. We're, we're here now. We're here now. So, uh, uh, it, but I know I've seen it before and lots of people are doing them. So that's to me, I, I want to do like our tagline for our business is handmade items for the discerning nutcase. Right. So which is painfully accurate, which, well, so basically there's a lot of traditional things and there are more and more traditional things (laughs) that you do as a woodworker. Everybody makes boxes. Everybody turns bowls. You know, these are the things that we do and there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. But I always like going at things kind of sideways and seeing what there isn't or what we can put our own spin on some, some type of ownership of the design. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that inspire me. If I, if I made uh, a bathtub buddy, uh, it would be, (laughs) I I don't know. It's a tray. It's a tray. Uh, It's a tray. Uh, if I made a bathroom tray, I'd, I'd have to do something that was unique and usable about it that would let me feel good about those design choices. And it would be absolutely just for me. Why? I mean, it may turn out that it's useful, but we were the first ones to put a chalk strip in beer flights. And while that doesn't sound like a big deal, everybody has chalk strips Mm -hmm. in beer flights now (laughs) because it was like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could write October brew on this particular spot on, on the beer flight. And Hmm. it, it was, it was a great idea and we did well doing that, but it's, it was one of those things where I I was looking for a different twist on things. So when I look at products or when Izzy comes out with a jig for maker bits or something that's, that's interesting in a way that hasn't been done or does it differently in a better way, it doesn't have to be different for different sake. Um, those are the things that inspire me and intrigue me. So it's, that's, that's my when I don't know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those funny things. It's, it's a lot like, uh, how Justice Breyer described pornography. I'll know it when I see it. Yes. You know? So it's, it's like, I just, I'll know it, it when I see it, it. It doesn't look like Easter sermons. Right. It doesn't look like Easter <laughs> well, sermons. I, there's that video probably exists, but I'm not going to look for it. The, uh, the other part of this question is what is your worst flop of an idea? Oh, that's easy for me. Go ahead. Uh, well, everybody should know by this time, my amazing ability to design the ultimate, uh, already carpenter. trademarked item. <laughs> yeah. Already <laughs> trademarked. Yeah. So, uh, I made a design for a bee catcher, uh, specifically a carpenter bee catcher. And, uh, it was excellent. It was, it looked like a little beehive. It was easy to produce. And all of a sudden I put it up on Amazon thinking, ah, it'd be about a year before everything starts getting in and doing stuff. And, and we don't, we don't boost sales. A lot of, a lot of malicious, uh, or scuzzy sellers will pay for reviews right away to get the metrics working. So I just kind of set it out there and all of a sudden we started shipping like 10 and 20 of them a day which was way more than I had planned for and didn't really have in stock for. And then all of a sudden I got a cease and desist from the actual rights holder to Carpenter B houses. 
so uh so yeah so our product uh we pulled it and uh and i was very saddened uh, <laughs> i remember that i was very very saddened because it would have been an excellent compliment to what we do uh and an easy compliment but then again this is why that market existed because there was another guy that had he did uh, a thing who who would enforce his rights for his particular patent and yeah. and kudos to him for having the patent on that and, and, and getting it. See, I don't really have a flop of an idea. Um, mostly again, cause I don't do this for a living. So when I come up with an idea, I keep doing it until it works. Like I just, there is no fail. You know what I mean? Like I just keep building until I have the thing I was hoping for. That's, that's how I feel about this podcast. We're going to get there too. No, never going to get <laughs> there. Um, yeah, that's uh that's probably not the, uh, not going to happen. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There was one other question in here. Uh, what type of music do you listen to when you're in and out of the shop? Podcasts. I listen to all podcasts. I can't do podcasts. Yeah, well, I, I don't I'm listen. Sure. To, I don't listen to maker podcasts because they're boring as shit. But I listen to podcasts. So I I can't. I, can't. I wish I could. <laughs> I would love to, but those are strictly for driving because for whatever reason, me in a shop requires energy and and uh and mental fortitude uh and me driving does not so sure whatever whatever that means uh but, jim jim said change the name to carpenter b condos yeah exactly <laughs> carpenter b rentals <laughs> um the, uh, no, the, so, so mine is, I like energetic music and I actually don't care. So like, uh, dropkick Murphy's would be a great one to do. I don't like anything super heavy or thrashy because we have other people working in the shop too. Mm -hmm. At a certain point that becomes, uh, industrial, Invasive. well, it becomes industrial noise. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no techno, no anything with straight beats and, and because it becomes just repetitious, but dropkick Murphy's, uh, anything with polka in it is awesome to annoy people with, uh, because that's also one of those motivators. I'm going to uh, kill myself right here. I, I know, but I'm, it's, it's a, it was meant for dancing. And, and if you can't work to dancing music, I don't know nope. who you are because it's nope. just wrong. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, uh, nope. you no, know, we do, we do all sorts of things. We tr try to stay away from the, the lushy Adele ballots because everybody wants to kill themselves at some point. Um, because they feel like they've broken up at least 17 times by the time the end and the end of the album comes. Uh, but uh, like that stuff, that's, that's pretty, mm. uh, Steve Miller's always awesome. Uh, classic rock uh yeah queen. i usually just tell alexa to play music and like whatever comes on is just sort of it's all background noise anyway right but yeah mostly podcasts i listen to like that yeah i yeah i, I just can't no it's not for everybody i mean the, the funny thing is i'll listen to a podcast and then like um i'll listen to it again in the car and i, I missed so much of it i get to hear it again for the first time because, you know, you you just, you, you know, at some point you got to pay attention to keeping your fingers attached to the rest of your body. So, um, yeah, but. I I've tried listening to like audiobooks and, and other things that may not require as much. Um, like if, if you have two people that have this banter going back and forth, it's, it's, it's hard to think about like dimensions of something. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody talking in your ears, but somehow an audiobook is a little bit easier because there's an actual storyline that that has like logical progressions 
Um, but even then I can't, I can't, I can't give it the justice that it needs with my brain. My brain can only do so many things at one time and music just hits a different part of it. And, and it can be, I don't have to intently listen to it. I'm not getting a mm-hmm. test on it later. Gotcha. Um, PJ asked a, uh, PJ, uh, Galani. well, we've, we've talked about him on the show and you did a thing with him, but, uh, he asked when I, this question for me specifically, when am I going to commit to one YouTube video a month? Zero chance. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the problem with YouTube is that I'll probably like it and then I'll do it all the time because, uh, I was raised in a broken home, so I really crave the attention of others, in case you haven't, because uh, I didn't get it from my parents. Um, so in case you haven't noticed by listening to the show, thank you, I, therapy. I, th- um, I think uh, I think you should do that. Yeah, the problem is if I like it, then I'm going to dedicate an inordinate amount of time to doing it, and then God knows what. I don't next. think so. I think these creators basically treat this as a, you know, five minutes, six minutes out of their day to put these videos together. No, this isn't. No, no. This I, isn't Izzy's hard the most efficient human I've ever seen, and watching him do one is a something too much. So, but uh, PJ PJ also came up with a name for your uh, things the uh, the Builder Bee Bungalows uh, to uh, yeah I I do I do like that. Unfortunately, the name is not the trademark part. Uh, it may be, uh, <laughs> but but there is an actual patent on the the utility of it. So I, look, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Trust me. I've, I've thought about it long and hard on how I can get around that patent as any good business person should, because I'm well, some of these persons, some of these guys here, uh, pink Floyd is in their shop 24 seven. Absolutely. Uh, BGs and the village people. Yeah. I pink Floyd is definitely one that, that plays often. It's, it's very good moving music. That might be a bit weird to do. Uh, Hmm. I got nothing. Yeah. I understand. Well, I'm just the, thinking, um, like, ashless chaps are not really, like, for village people, that's not really kind of, like, shopware for me. Well, just remember, we're we're on a mission. They're not assless chaps. They're just chaps. They're just chaps. If 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 they were if they had an ass, they'd be pants. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, Izzy's actually talked about the, his inspiration is very similar to mine in these things, uh, since I'm answering for Izzy. Um, actually, should we answer, should we, should we answer completely inappropriately for Izzy? Oh, absolutely. I think absolutely. we probably should. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should definitely put words into Izzy's mouth. Yes. He, he Izzy can tr- has said, he can Izzy trust has us. said privately <laughs> that he'll only work on something if he thinks he can fit it in someone's butt. That's, that's the, true. It's, it's actually a quote. Not too many people know that, but it's, <laughs> it's good to have it out in the open again. Right now he's going, damn you, traffic. You're <laughs> destroying like, my name. How, how quickly can I get there? <laughs> um. No, he's a, he's basically you know comes up with ideas for things just to see them you know, like come to life, is basically what he said. So <laughs> that's uh, it, and and some of the things that he's created are you know friggin' ridiculous. So <laughs> he says we're both fired. That, yes, I didn't know we were hired. <laughs> this is a job. Jesus, I got nothing. There's so. I, it's it's uh Izzy's uh Izzy's one of those fun people that. Uh, you're not completely sure exactly what he's going to do with the ducks, but whatever he does, it's going to be interesting. And, uh, and there's no way there's, n- there's no bad way you can take that. Um, someone here left a comment. Uh, and again, some of these, I'm not reading the ones that are only to me, but they seem to be to me. <laughs> Maybe it's cause you know, right. No, no, I'm, no, do it. I'm the host. Uh, but yeah, Paul said uh, that he, I think this actually, uh, uh, if he means it, it's very complimentary. 
Uh, but he said he would watch a regular video of me explaining how to raise a daughter. So I think that's incredibly sweet of him to say. <laughs> I'd like to say thank you. You should have started that about 14 years ago. <sighs> Jesus, yeah, but I've learned a lot since then, so I think it'd probably be more effective now. But wouldn't it be fun to like recap and like go back into your previous videos and go, you know what? When I said this, yeah, don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> that's that's a horrible, horrible, um, bad mistake. So I, here's the problem: is I can, uh, I mean, I can summarize all that very simply. Um, the trick to raising a child is just to be honest with them and allow them to be honest with you. That's that, that's really like everything in my everything about my life, just with my kids, it all boils down to that. I mean, my daughter, she went out for prom, and she told me she's like, hey. Um, you know, we're going out and this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, uh, there's going to be, I was like, all right, they're going to be, you know, what are we getting into? We got drugs, alcohol, boys. Like, what is she? No, no, it's just, you know, sleepover. But I'm like, okay. And then like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, she's like, hey, somebody came in with a bottle of tequila. So I'm going to try a shot. And I'm like, all right, just be careful. Two's the, two's the limit. Right. Like, so it was just kind of, but you know, like having a, ha building an environment where they're comfortable enough, like having that conversation with you. Um, that's, I mean. That's got to be the trick. I mean, it just, you know, don't hide I, things from I don't know. I, I was raised by baby boomers, and they just lied. It's true. It's, 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 it's true. Everything's fine. You're doing it all wrong, and and we never did any of that stuff as a, as, as a kid. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's, I mean, you know, my parents grew up in a generation where pot was everywhere, and then they literally stood there and told me to my face to not right. do drugs. right, right. And I'm like, there's no way you're real right now. Like, there's there's no way that you're actually having this conversation with me. Like, my but my I have two uncles. They they were twins. They one they painted their room orange and their ceiling black so they could when they were kids so that the black lights um, would have like the stars and stuff they painted and some version of Clorox on the ceiling. <laughs> and then they're gonna tell me that I shouldn't do drugs. I'm like, dude, you were in an orange room tripping your balls off for like 15 years. There's no way that you're actually having this conversation with me right now. <laughs> it's just not even possible. Oh, Jim Dockrell with the uh, <laughs> going for the feelings. How long do you think you can ride on Izzy's coattails is the question he posed. <laughs> I, I, that's an excellent question. Hey, that is also a question to us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We don't actually need him here anymore. So I think we've completed our task. <laughs> well, here's the thing with, uh, so if we were riding Izzy's coattails, like actually forcing him to promote the show and do that, I think we'd be considerably more successful than we currently are. So I, I, I think your premise fails. We, so. can't, we can't afford Izzy. Right now he's sitting here going, shit, I can't believe you read that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'd be paying attention to the chat. Uh, PJ asked me a question. He did. I was just getting back to that. Oh, yeah. Go go do your thing. Oh, it's uh, how many projects do you have in development right now? How many are ready to come to market in the next two months? So I have a long list of products that are uh, what I call the trash can, which is um, stuff that could be good, but I haven't fully developed them out. Um, and those are usually about 20 things um, deep or so. And in the next two months, I could have 10 of those out. We're slightly tight on space right now. So it's harder to add products because those require production. Um, but I could have, and we'll have two or three more products because this is the time of the year that we launch. 
uh, our new stuff because it, it gets us a little bit of feedback from users and things before Christmas comes. So if there's any, uh, if there's any issues or if there's improvements to be made, or if it's just, you know, understanding how the production is going to work on things. So, because remember when we build things, we build them 50 of them, 60 of them, 80 of them, 200 of them at a time. So it's, it's easier to make the first 20 kind of reconfigure and then make the next 20. And by the time you get to 60 or 70 of something, you should have a pretty good understanding of where you need to improve or have improved. So that's how our little production shop works. Hmm. Yeah. What, uh, do you, do you have anything that you can say is coming to market? Um, well, I, I'll always talk about what we do. Um, we have, no, not, not really. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's like, um, no, not, not, not off the top of my head. That's uh, fine. Because I still haven't, to be honest with you, I still haven't decided on a few things, uh, what needs to be done. By the way, hold on just real quick. Uh, Jim, Jim asked another question, uh, Jim Dockwell in the, uh, in the comments, but, uh, since Izzy's not here and we're clearly riding his coattails, you'll have to wait till he gets back to pose the rest of them. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, our newest sponsor, uh, Wartooth Designs. Uh, reading a giant Reddit post about weird rules people's parents had growing up. Did either of your parents have a weird rule? That's a. <laughs> no, I, it, remi it reminds me of uh, in Ferris Bueller, Cameron's parents. Um, he describes them of, of their house as like a museum, um, and you can't touch anything and everything's very cold. Yes. Um, was that you? Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't at all. Um, but we, we did have, uh, when I was growing up, uh, when I was younger, we had a house that had a family room and a living room, but we didn't actually do anything in the living room because that wasn't for us. That was for when the rare occasion, my parents had other people over. So we basically were kind of told to stay out of that particular room. Um, it, not, not forceful, not like, like we couldn't step in it, but we, we like, if we were playing with our toys or something, then it needed to be somewhere else. So that room wouldn't get messed up. But, hmm. um, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, I had, I had a pretty leave it to beaver life, uh, early on. And then, um, and then you know, normal stuff. It, if anything, it was kind of the, it would surprise parents now, but w when we were, you know, my mom who was very tired of us in the summertime, uh, would basically at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, we would go in search of our other friends whose parents were tired of them. And we would go out and start playing stickball, kickball, whatever in the cul-de-sac. And then we'd go on adventures around. And basically the rule was be back by dinner. And I, I, I'm positive my mom, uh, we'd probably stop back in for some sort of lunch or something, but she wouldn't see us for three or five hours at a time. Mm. Uh, especially on, on nights that cool stuff was happening. We'd play like flashlight tag and all sorts of crazy stuff. We'd go, you know, we'd dart into the house, like a full sprint sweating, like a fat child and, uh, and go get like, drink as much water as we could and then dart back out again. And, um, you know, she'd yell something like, you know, 
damn kids? No, or, or so, I don't know what she'd yell, but she'd be like, close the door. And then we'd be off again. Yeah, my mother was nuts. Um, uh, probably bipolar and, and on and off manic depressive. So uh, there, the rules were, you know, basically changed every day for me. So sometimes it was, uh, you know, you, you're, you can't go out with your friends. Um, and then sometimes it was, I need you out of the house right now. Um, don't come back until the street lights come on, you know? So yeah, there was right. no, there was no stability to my childhood around any of that stuff. So my parents were divorced and my father used to visit us on the weekends occasionally. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, different animal. Uh, yeah, we didn't have any, there was no real structure. My grandmother had structure. We, she raised us for the most part. She was, you know. She was like a uh, the iron fist, you know. But you you didn't ever test her, so it <laughs> it didn't get weird. Yeah, I um, I, I guess with with that in mind, my dad, you know what we could we could do a number of things. We could misbehave in certain ways, but if we ever got on to mom about something, because homework was never particularly good for me, like I was never very good at at staying focused in that way. I was a very ADH kid. I mean, straight up Ridlin changed my life when I was in school and, uh, for the better, by the way. Uh, and if I mouthed off to my mom, there would be a point and it was about the third word in where I hear my dad coming down the hall, like, like ready to, to whip my ass guns blazing. Oh yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like straight, like he had already had a couple of drinks. Uh, after work and I was giving mom a hard time about math or whatever it was. And it's, it's, then I would get kind of, you were getting a talking to, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was getting a, yeah. I was, yeah. In between talking to and, 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 and worse, but yeah, it was, a uh, it was, um, that, that was the one rule you don't mess with mom. Yeah, that was. Yeah, again, uh, uh, I, one day I'll get into the entirety of my childhood, and that's uh, it's a little bit boring, but uh, for some it's probably interesting. But yeah, that, that, none of that. Sometimes I had to get into mom because it would kept her from getting into everybody else. You know, <laughs> it was kind of one of those things. Right. So, yeah, if I pick on her, she'll leave everybody else alone, kind of thing. So that was. Uh, by the way, um, I've talked about this before, but uh, it, the the best thing you can give somebody as a gift to yourself is forgiveness. So if you have a, you have family that's been a shit show or people that are just, you know, they've, they've troubled you in some way, uh, forgive them and move on because they don't feel your pain. You do <laughs> like there's, there's nothing I can do to another person other than punch them in the mouth that makes them hurt the way anger hurts you and punching people in the mouth is still illegal as far as I know. <laughs> and you can't hit you typically you, and you can't punch your mom in the face. Like that's still a rule. That's a yeah. good rule. That should yeah. be a rule. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I think, I think the, uh, I know the whole equality and I do do a lot of joking around with, uh, with the genders because I I like, I like the genders and messing with them Mm -hmm. because frankly, I am just white. I can't, there's only so many like of like sex and race and, and, and sexual preferences and like I can mess within so many bounds and be relatively tasteful. Um, but, but I, to this day, I will always say that you're not much of a man if you hit a woman. And I know there's, I know this, there are some women out there that could certainly whoop some ass and that would be unfortunately that I got my ass whooped. 
but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it there and say probably hitting women is, is, is where I draw a line. I, I, I'd be willing as the host, I'd be willing to uh, go on record, <laughs> take the very <laughs> controversial stance of saying that, uh, w- our show is against the hitting of women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I think, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't hit women. So I don't hit my kids. This is the only people I hit are people that really got it coming and they've always been men. And so, and most of them have been bigger than me. So yeah. that's, uh, I'm I, okay with that. I'm impressed with your left hook. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I make you beg for the right. <laughs> <laughs> Please end it already. Um, by the way, uh, just to back up here a second, uh, Alex, uh, in the chat asked a question not that long ago. I thought we, we, Got past it because I, I did, we were in a different place. But uh, since we're talking about being beating, um, he said a thing I have noticed: highly creative people tend to struggle with depression from time to time. How do you push past those hard times and get back to making? And I also want to give a little bit of credit to uh, PJ, who said uh, I thought was a pretty good answer to this. But we'll uh, we'll kind of hammer on a little bit too. But he said the question is the answer. You make things to get past the depression. So that's a great answer, BJ, by the way. But, uh, and it is, it's, it's always a push through thing. I, I have, um, I actually just wrote a status update that exactly two people read. Uh, and it basically was saying if I had a seasonal depression, uh, which uh, I don't, um, it would probably be spring, not winter. And, um, I, I feel always like I'm not in, in spring. I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I'm not like the whole world is blooming around me. Like there are animals that are reproducing that everything in the world is, is in this frantic state of growing. And I always feel very stagnant. Um, which by the way, I always, uh, I've never particularly liked new years because, uh, I, I, since very early on, I always thought, uh, I could have done more or been better at the last year. It's more of a, more of a reflection than a, than a, uh, than a welcoming of the next year. And mm-hmm. those are, those are, I, maybe it's my upbringing, but, uh, guilt kind of a big thing. I don't, I don't know why it's a, it's a big thing with me, but the idea that I could be doing, it's probably my dad yelling at raised, me. That raised it's Pentecostal, sa- huh? <laughs> that it's, <laughs> that it's, that it's uh Saturday morning and how dare I sleep till eight o'clock in the morning. There's crap to do around the house. Listen, Dad. Um, if you can drink till two a.m., I can sleep until ten. Right. <laughs> These are, seems fair, <laughs> but it's it's I I have a I have a built-in kind of guiltometer that uh, that goes off with with um, even when I'm sitting there trying to relax or watching something on TV, I always think I should be doing something else. Hmm. I that's that's my seasonal depression or depression. Yeah, that's um, and I don't have a good answer for that. I'll I'll let you know when I feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, as as somebody who has been treated for and uh, has dealt with depression, you know, pretty severely throughout his life, I get um, I hate answering questions like that. I just got the douche chills. I don't know if you can see the the hair on my arm standing up. I, <laughs> as someone like as a white male, like okay, your answer, you know, doesn't have to be. I guess sort of set up, but it's, but it was, and I apologize. I, I hate myself. So, um, I, I see, I don't know. I've, I've always struggled with depression just in general. Um, it, like suicidal thoughts, like all that stuff. Apparently like once you open that door, it's really hard to close it. Um, 
I mean, it, it never comes to the point where I'm like, you know, I need to check myself into therapy because I'm overwhelmed with the thought of wanting to kill myself or anything like that. But, uh, like that thought's always there. It's kind of weird that it never, you know, once you've really like laid out a plan to do it, it's, that's just always right there in the back of your head. And I've been told that that's typical. Um, and you kind of have to spend some time thinking about it because that's the only way it like resolves goes away. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of weird that way. So, but, uh, so is my head. Um, Struggling with depression, I, it, I, I've said this on the, we've actually done a few shows on this um, in the past. I actually find that the thing that pulls me out of it is I, when I get into a place where I'm really sort of at my worst and, and these times come and go, they're not, you know, it's not like 10 years ago. It's like, you know, it's like, no, like, like last Tuesday. Um, I find that if I do things for other people, it elevates me. Like that's volunteering or, um, giving gifts to other people or being someone to someone else um, changes my men- changes my sort of mentality. Self-worth. Well, it gives me, I feel the depression gets replaced by purpose. And I guess to kind of, you know, put that into a making, because um, Alex kind of asked the question along of how do you push past those times to get back to making. Um, and sometimes I'll look for something I have, like, again, I haven't done before, haven't tried, something I want to try that, um, looks challenging or is abstract. Um, or I'll just reach out to a couple of people and be like, Hey man, I haven't made you anything in a while. Like, you know, what do you, what do you want? Like, what does your wife want? What does your, what does your boyfriend want? What is your, you know, um, cause it gives me an opportunity to be somebody for somebody else. Like, so I'll do that from time to time. Like I just, um, this is uh, about two or three weeks ago. I asked a bunch of guys in my office, like, Hey, what's your favorite sports teams? <laughs> And I just whipped up a bunch of shit for him. Just a little thing, like not even, you know, like, hey, here's a, you know, I made this out of a piece of wood. It's a pen holder and a business card holder. And it has a Duke Blue Devil on it with your name, right? Like just for you. You know what I mean? Like just that type of thing. And for me, it's, you know, they're always generally small things. It's like never, you know, hey, let me build you a hutch or a credenza. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, what what can I put together that... um, I've always wanted to build a teardrop trailer for somebody. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hey, I built you a second home last weekend, uh, but I'm feeling great. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I pull myself out of things. Mine mine is, uh, I don't think it's depression. It's more like stress related. So like my fantasy isn't, like trying to figure out how I'm going to end my life. My fantasy is, is and it's, it's rare, but it's every once in a while. I'm like, I wonder if I just left to go somewhere, if anybody would notice. <laughs> and like, I take like just the money I had in my pockets and like my car keys and an extra change of shorts. And then just like head one direction. It'd be like, listen, I, I completely, you know, like those, uh, like those movie stars were like, uh, it's not as common these days, days, but there was a rash of them where they would just like, nobody's seen El- Elmer Fudd in, uh, 17 weeks. Uh, his management has covered for him, but even they look concerned, you know, kind of a thing mm. like, like where they just like the whole world is, 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 uh, is on them 24 seven. And they just, na- all of a sudden they're in a sweat hut with some Navajos you know, in the, in the middle of the desert and never told anybody kind of a thing. So it's, that's, that's where my, uh, I don't know if it's anxiety or depression or that's where my mind leads me to on those things. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I I like the, uh, I like the idea of just, um, one thing in, in, uh, 
Sarah from Wartooth actually made a pretty good, interesting point here is that, uh, you know, people that struggle with depression often have a hard time reaching out. Um, so if you know people that kind of get in that way, check on them. Like, not check on them like, hey, man, you sleeping with that gun in your mouth? You know, like just, hey, you know, just call somebody up and be like, hey, man, how you doing? What you been up to? I farted so hard this morning it woke the dog. You know, just kind of have some regular conversation with people and just, you know, let them know that they matter and you're thinking about them. So, yeah, Yeah. I, I um, mean, I don't, I don't have anything. Yeah, yeah that's... uh. Jim also asked a question about, uh, do you use complete, do you, when you're developing something, do you use complete plans or just go with an idea and develop it from there as it goes? What's um, your, I, I never have plans. Like everything I do is, um, like a, an idea in my head that I may jot down slightly on paper, but I, I wing everything. Yeah, I'm so. I'm a big fan of the initial design. Like I like the if I were an actual artist, my thing would be like clay or sculpture because I like the idea of taking all these raw elements and then pushing them into form. And I probably wouldn't sketch it out ahead of time or anything. I just like that would be my first go at it. I'm never and I'm I'm I I burn I don't know 85% of the projects I create that are, that are like my first steps. And then I kind of get in where I see the problems that are going to exist. Izzy has a fantastic mind for this because he just sees it in his brain. And frankly, he's some sort of idiot savant when it comes mm. to this. Oh yeah. And, and nobody else actually works that way. But for me, uh, I, I like to build the rough version of it. And then, uh, just, just, a hot glue it together, whatever the thing is, and then kind of go over it and understand it a little bit more now that I can spin it in my hands. And then I'll go in and I'll start doing like the refining plans of it. And then I go through a few other steps once I feel those are good. But, um, but yeah, mine is, mine is all about the, the sculpting of something more than the, the drafting or, or, or drawing of it. My my lack of plan for that is actually one of the probably one of the things in my house that we fight over the most, my wife and I, um, because I'll create something in my mind that is completely lucid. Like I, you know, I know exactly what it's going to look like when I finish it, and I try to explain it, but she can't see it until it's finished. And like that is, you know, and, and I have to kind of walk her through the steps of what I'm building and it gets so goddamn frustrating. Like, like she's like, well, why are you doing this? I'm like, just trust me. This is going to be exactly what you want. Like you, you know, you showed me the pictures on Pinterest. This is getting there. I, I, I trust me. And, you know, so we've actually gotten to the point where she doesn't come in the shop when I'm making things she's asked for. I'll just show yeah. you when it's finished. Cause otherwise, you know, it's, there's going to be like, Hey, maybe go inside. Like, <laughs> well, you know, you know, actually that's funny because I think, I think Izzy and I are a lot like that way because I, I got the chance to spend some time in a shop and Izzy are, has already figured out these things in his brain. And, and while he will make that, and I think it does help him to make the first version of his idea and then he'll redo it. Um, and then kind of help redo it because you know, the, the, the arc jig took him like seven versions of it every one of them by the way worked but he wasn't excited about the efficiency of how it worked until he got to his last final design 
and I'm I'm very much like that. But also, we can't be in the same room because we <laughs> handle it from two different ways. Like like I would suggest to him something. He's like, yeah, but that's a, the this, and I'd be like, okay, well, what about the? And he's like, oh no, no I, I got it, and that's and that's fine because because in in polite. It's not, he's not yelling at me like, Joel, you shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where we tackle the design in a different way. And again, I'm a big fan of, uh, unless you're a politician, uh, how we get there, uh, doesn't matter nearly as much as is getting there. Mm -hmm. So almost everything else in life is that way. Yeah. Um, uh, our, our good buddy, Gary, uh, who pulled a hammy skiing recently. And uh, that looked like shit, Gary, by the way. That picture you posted made me cringe all over. And I know that that still sucks for you. So hopefully that works out real well. Listen, try um, to avoid the trees next time, please. Yeah. That, uh, the big green things stick up. They, um, or, you know, maybe don't go skiing. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> so, um, but he asked, what frustrates you or brings you joy in woodworking? Yes. Is <laughs> the answer. The, um, it, it it is. I actually was trying to explain this to a friend of mine uh, about the the trays, the bathtub trays, because um, <laughs> they're trays. God damn it! We're going to call them bathtub buddies. We'll call them bath. No, bathtub buddy is uh, when you know well, when Izzy just, spends the night in your house. That's right. There he is. <laughs> Speaking of which, at the fifty four minute mark, um, Izzy you, Swan, ladies and gentlemen, you, you might want to start audacity, Izzy. No, no, no but you're gonna you, but... want to start recording. You're gonna want to start recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's but, right. Uh, but yeah, so what frustrates you or brings you joy in woodworking? So for me, like the every piece of that is um, every single thing I do when I'm building something is a challenge. Like regardless of how simple or you know, and it's always for me, woodworking is okay. How to make what you just screwed up look like you meant to do it? Like that is literally the, how I design and build and like, okay, I just screwed that up, but how can I make it look like it's supposed to be there? <laughs> so, um, and, and that, you know, that frustration is actually where some of the joy comes from because you're overcoming those obstacles as you go along. So, well, cause again, I don't, I don't plan anything, but it's, uh, for, for me, I actually have, I have two answers to this because, uh, the, when somebody asks me, when we, when I talk to somebody that who's a novice either in woodworking or is interested in what I do, um, I often talk about turning because turning is something that's really fun to do for me because I don't have to do the tedious bits. Like, like for me, turning is a woodworker's hobby because there's very little, uh, it has everything to do with the skill of what you do. It has very little to do with the math of it. Unless you're making multiples of something, you need to match up like table legs. Um, it, you know, when a bowl's done, it's, it's done when I say it's done. That's, that's how you know it's done. It's true. Right. And so that's, that's the really fun thing about it is you can say, I'm happy with this. You know, when a miter's done for a picture frame, when they friggin' line up, <laughs> that's when they're done. Or when, putty or when you putty them together or when you putty them together. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a matter of absolutes and indefinites. So, so you can be indefinitely doing, or you can be definitely done with it. Um, but those, those two terms are two different things when it has to do with 
you know, if you're making candlesticks, you can make them any which way you want. If you're making bottle stoppers or pens or anything else, there are some things that you have to conform to. Uh, but in general, the, the, the most of it, the aesthetics, the, the structure of the pieces don't have to have anything other than your ideas in them. And when you feel you completed them, uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the fun part of woodworking for me is the turning side of things. The rest of it is, is, um, more engineering and, and, and I will tell you that there's a huge, um, there's a, there's, there's something very amazing when everything finally works. Um, and it's, it's because usually you failed at that particular thing, uh, enough where, where, when those miters come together, when those pieces fit together, just right. And the seams are flawless that there is an amazing sense of accomplishment to that. And, and, uh, so yeah, it's, for me, the, the really, my hobby side of woodworking is these days is turning things hmm. because it's just, it's, it's friggin' done when I say it's done. <laughs> So uh, I, for those of you not on the YouTube, Izzy uh, has has made it, has joined the call. Say hi, is, Izzy. Is currently with hi, us. Hi, Izzy. There, <laughs> yes. How was traffic? <laughs> it wasn't worse than Atlanta, but it was bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, hey, uh, glad to see you, buddy. Um, yeah. Sorry that you had such a shitty drive back. Ah, it's all right. I, I wasn't. Sorry, was sorry that we were making up things about you before you got here. <laughs> No, we're not. No, we're not. You no, know, I not. caught most of it, so I know. I, I know. Said. We're good there. I took it all back. It was yeah. they, they, the beauty of being me is no one takes me seriously. So I have to remind them, hey, I mean this, right? So, hey, Izzy, what's what's on your bench? <laughs> <laughs> Do we just start over and pretend like the first That's hour right. didn't have it? That's right. Actually, I will say, Izzy, there was a one question asked by Scott in the Facebook group that uh, I wanted to ask you. What was that? Um. And that was the, uh, he said that we were creative people and we're, you know, I'll read it again, even though this is going to seem like deja vu to some of you. Um, you, what are, what are your inspirations to create the things you do? And what is the worst flop of an idea that you've had? Uh, that's, um, my, my inspirations come from lots of places. You know, a lot of them comes from my kids. A lot of them comes from my interests. So some, a lot of it comes just from the fact because I can, or I want to see if I can. Like, I wonder if I can make that. Let me see if I can do that. So that that's a lot of mm-hmm. where it comes from. Um, you know, as far as flops go, probably Bob the Dinosaur was the biggest flop I've had to deal with in the last few years. Um, not that it didn't work. It was just, it didn't work like I hoped it would. And there was a lot of... There was two things in there that I expected to work flawlessly that didn't, which always upsets me because I don't, I didn't think of the problem ahead of time before I got to the actual building of it. So yeah, that's probably it. The Bob the dinosaur. What what, what didn't work on that, by the way? Uh, the connecting, the way the connection, the connecting, dri- the drivetrain had two pieces of let's call it their cams for lack of a better way in a car. I can't mm-hmm. think of a better way to call it but them cams that control the motion of the legs and the way i attached those to the actual drive shaft um failed on me once which was i just didn't see that coming and i i wouldn't have imagined it would failed so it was like mm. I, when i don't see something coming and it does something happens it's that's like slightly irritating for me so yeah yeah gotcha so it so failed and i ended up welding them on instead of just you know bolting them on the way i had intended to I don't think I've ever seen you do any welding. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, weld. Well, I know you can weld. I just don't know that you, you haven't really. Well, I it's never really been a focus of your no stuff. No, I can make metal stick together, but it's never really been a big glue and metal <laughs> channel. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of guys out there in the the internet's world doing it, and I mean I appreciate it. It's like forging. You know, I know that's a thing right now. I did that 20 years. Ago. Is that really a thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of lots of guys that are out there doing the forge thing and making knives yeah. and stuff. But again, no, they're not. There's quite they're just grinding. They're just grinding bar steel. But <laughs> <It's all laughs> you're, you're gonna get slapped. Oh yeah, I can I can I can think of one slightly smallish Brit- British guy right now who just went to work for himself who's Probably cursing my name. Bar. Yeah, and I I mean that's cool and I like that. I still do like it. I just don't have the interest anymore. I did the forging thing 20 years ago. I wanted to make a Chris knife. I learned how. I made a Chris knife, and I'm done. Yeah. In case for anybody asking, Chris knives are the one with the wavy blades on them. That was my, and I, I mean, I was, took me six months of learning and educating myself and learning about steels, and I was always coal forging. I never got into propane forges and stuff, so, um, but that was my, that was my trip down forging lane, and I lost, you know, I mean, like. You were, yeah, you were doing it like a Viking. <laughs> yeah, sort of, I guess. So, I, I, I get burnt a lot, and I'm not a big fan of getting burnt. It just, something about. I don't like, You know, that's one of my problems like with heat. welding. Yeah. Well, yeah, welding too. I mean, if you were, if you do it in shorts like I do, <laughs> you know, sharing well. a shop with JD was always interesting because you could at any minute now he would get burned just like as part of his day, but then there were some burns that were just like all of a sudden you'd see a shoe fly across the shop <laughs> because because a slag had melted through his 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 leather boots and it was between his toes and he's now dancing and the shoe went past my face, you know, kind of a thing. So it seems it, right. It was, mm. it, I just it's it's just a very it's a very strange profession that, because they have no choice but to get burnt. Yeah, it's kind of the thing. It's like it's like trying to do woodworking without sawdust. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No, I like metalworking, and there's still some projects I use metal in. I just don't do a lot of it on YouTube. You know, I don't get hot over metal bases with slab top. No, doesn't you get, get hot. Me, it doesn't get me excited. You know, if I'm going to build a <laughs> you know, whatever that requires metal and I can't get away with using wood. I'll use metal. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm curious about the whole, uh, maker depression thing for you too. Um, uh, did you hear that part yeah. of this? The, yeah. yeah. So like, do you, cause you don't seem, and, and I, you know, I've known you for a while and, and, uh, we talk a lot off the air, uh, but I don't really know you to be a depressed person. Oh yeah. Um, Definitely do you, do, do you, well, Maybe there's a better way of saying that, but I, I understand. But, I understand what you're saying. I, of course, I don't seem like it because I'm not. It's not a face I wear for anybody, but for myself. Uh, but I, well, it, I, you, you uh, let me say it this way. Um, I know that you prefer to be strong. Like that's because I do the same thing. Like when I'm when I'm when I'm kind of dragging ass is when I look my strongest because you know you're, you're sort of hiding all of the stuff behind the curtain, right? Um, and, and I, I, I get that feeling from you sometimes. I mean, we don't, you know, yeah, we don't ever really get too deep into, you know, the whole cry and hug it out thing, but no, do you not, have any, not my style. <laughs> yeah. We just don't do that. Like, it's just, I don't know why. Like we just don't um, do that. But yeah. So do you ever have like that, that depression from like making where 
you get these like inspirational blocks or you just kind of feel like you're stuck and it, it's sort of, you, you get like in this circle of just bad ideas that you just can't seem to get away from. Is that ever like, is that a thing for you? Not in the making side of things. I get bored real easy with making. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it can be like, man, do I really want to do this today? Um, I'm very, that being said, I, I, you know, I'm very passionate about certain things in the making world that I'll never get bored with. But, um, as far as like dealing with depression on, on that level, um, no, I mean, I deal with data, I deal with depression just like, I think maybe um, to a bit more extent than some people do, but I swallow it because I have, you know, I have kids that depend on me. I've for you know, since I could, since I stepped out of my dad's door, I've had people depending on me. So it's kind of something you kind of suck up and just deal with. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's one thing I learned a long time ago is not to fight it. And I don't mean you have to go crying out and, you know, you know, crying to the world that you don't feel good. I just mean, you know, own it, feel it, let yourself feel it. Don't try and don't try and battle depression. That's just silly. Deal with, you know, feel, feel it and know that it sucks, but it doesn't have to stop you in your bootstraps either. You can still take a step forward when you, when you don't feel very good. Well, one thing I learned through like therapy and I don't know, the, I, I'll, I don't know if this will be useful to anybody listening, but um, when you going back to welding, when you burn yourself, that is a, you know, that, that pain is a physical response to something's wrong. You know, holy shit, your shoes on fire. Like that's a, you know, um, you have metal slag on your arm. Uh, you, you, you know, you're touching hot steel. You know, all that stuff, right? So that's like a that is a physical reaction. Your body's telling you there's something wrong. Depression is the same thing. It's yeah. just that pain is telling you something. And a lot of people, and in, in, you know, you you don't, don't want to say kids these days, but I mean, you know, because that's always a bad. But just people nowadays, they they have a tendency to want to hide from that pain or dwell in that pain as opposed to figuring out what is causing the pain and how to, how to kind of manage past it and through it. Um, and and I don't think a lot of people have good resources for that part of it. Well, we should also define what depression is too. Depression is an illness. It's not, geez, I stubbed my toe and I feel bad or, you know, my best friend died and I feel terrible about that. Everybody feels bad when sad things happen. Everybody feels, you know, sadness and, and, um, melancholy and all we all experience those things that's just part of life depression is an illness that is where you can't get you're talking about clinical depression that's what we're talking about here yeah we're not well depression itself isn't an illness depression is a symptom clinical depression is an illness when you're basically stuck in that mode when you can't get out of it so yeah. to speak. And then typically, you know, and um, I saw Alex's comment earlier about creative minds typically, and it's not necessarily creative minds don't have clinical depression necessarily, but they are very typically very creative minded people are extremely in tune with their environment and they're realists in a ways that it's hard to explain, you know, um, and those kind of things lead to depressive states. You know, that's all you, you know, uh, especially when you get into that feeling where you feel like you should be doing something, but you're not. That's a huge one. Everybody feels mm-hmm. like I should be doing this or I should be doing that, but I'm not. And I can't seem to get this nasty, you know, feeling out of my throat, whatever it happens to be. Um, you know, that's, that's okay to feel that. And I'm just saying, don't try to, you know, my, for me, 
and I'm not, I'm, I'm talking solely uh, my own experience and what I do for myself. I'm not talking about what anybody should do for themselves because I don't know. I know I'm not a clinical psychologist or, or a shrink or any of that crap. Um, I just, I, you know, I own it. I know that I feel like, feels like it sucks and I, I let myself feel it, but I don't let it stop me in my tracks. You just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward and, I find that the more I do that, the better I feel. You know, if I'm accomplishing something, even though I feel like crap, um, it helps a lot. And a lot of times, it kind of, kind of you kind of work through it, so to speak. And sometimes it's just mind-numbing stuff. If it's if it's you don't feel like you can go out and run tools, I mean, <laughs> dig a ditch, plant a put a plant in the ground, you know, rake the yard, something, anything that's moving this, you know, motion, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, physical activity too. If I get really shitty, like I'll go out for, I'll, I'll run until I can't move anymore. And like, you'd be surprised how much that will, I mean, not everybody's capable of that, but like I'll, I'll, I'll do some sort of physical workout that just kind of, yeah, um, just want, beats the shit out of me. And then I, you know, like that after I'm done with all that, the exertion of all that really kind of sets me back to neutral. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, I, I think it's important that we, that, you know, we kind of parcel that off that, you know, Feeling bad, it's cool. Well, everybody does that. It's normal, you know. Don't call it depression if it's not a, if it's not depression. You know, you're you're sad, and that's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. Or you're not feeling motivated. They are people. Everybody feels not motivated at some point in their life. That's not depression. Um, creative block is not depression. Th- those are things that are all you know. That's not part of this depression thing and maybe i'm taking this a little bit to a, st- a step further than what alex had had a um kept in mind but i think it's i think it's important when we define what we're, that we define what we're talking about here um de- you know in, in my mind depression is you know something that is um normal for everyone to deal with at some point in their life um but it you know it's just part of it's part of what we do. It's part of everybody's life. And I think it helps to know that you're not, you know, myself, it helps me a lot to know that I'm not the only one that ever deals with it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that deal with, um, that deal with depression. They deal with anxiety. They deal with a lot of different issues. So it's like, you know, you're not alone. If you're feeling that there's lots of people that have dealt with this and there's lots of people that would understand what you're going through. And if you need to reach out because there's somebody out there that knows and that can, you know, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. They can understand, you know. So, yeah. Well, I have a. I, this was this was brought up sort of in conversation, which has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. But, um, what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, the now trademarked river table and the uh, return of the mid-century modern <laughs> stuff? Mid-century what? Mid-century modern. The return of mid-century modern. Yeah. People well, are talking about the, the mid-century is, modern stuff is making its way back into it, the... Yeah, it's not because mid-century modern furniture will never exist outside of the mid-century modern era. <laughs> so this is replicas or like... Mid-century modern, modern style, we'll yeah. call. Yeah, well, that's fine. But quit quit calling it mid-century modern. Please, you're screwing up my search engines when I'm looking at historical <laughs> furniture pieces. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I hate. I think mid-century modern is boring and ugly. I always have. You know, it's it's very straight. Very there's there's a couple of Catherine uh, Catherine um, 
McKent, her last name escapes me right now, did some interesting things with some chairs. But for the most part, mid-century modern is a very boring line of furniture. It's very clean and antiseptic, which is kind of the style now. White, gray, antiseptic, boxy, you know. We'll get past this very fast. We're not that boring. People aren't that boring. So Mm -mm. this will only stick around for a few more years and it'll be on to something else. I'm really hoping for pink and purple. Yeah. And lots of Joel. (laughs) Well, no, I was going to say that our house was built in the style of the kind of Plains house, 1959, which was of that era, uh, just, just at the end of it. So we actually collect you know, the things that Izzy hates, uh, because they fit well with the architecture that we live in now. So I, I, I happen to enjoy the style and that's okay to each their own. I don't think I, I don't think, uh, you wouldn't want uh, the kind of furniture I like in your house either. I like exactly as rustic as I can get. I want to bring all the outdoors in my house, you know, right. I don't want straight lines. I don't want you know, perfect, you know, knotless walnut. I want all the imperfections. I want to see them, you know? So, I mean, that's, that, that, you know, my opinion doesn't matter, you know, to anybody. No, no, no. Me. I, and I'm not, I'm not faulting you for that opinion. So I, I, um, I like the geometry of, of the big boxy kind of things, uh, on spindly little legs. That's always kind of fun. But also there's, there's a, there's a part of me that really likes, um, like French, um, st- styles, um, which kind like, of French, uh, like country French or no, 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 kissing, no, more, more like, type? like, like, like King Louis kind of like, uh, uh, chiffreros and, and, uh, and, uh, high boys and things like that. And secretaries, um, that, that style. But again, my house is not that formal, so it wouldn't look particularly good because I think, I think the furniture that you put in your place should like your place should be a part of that, that equation. Mm-hmm. Like there are some houses, there are plenty of colonial looking houses that would look great with like, uh, with like, uh, Boston style clawfoot furniture and, and, and that, that kind of, uh, English rebirth that, that happened in the, the, the late, uh, 1800s. Uh, and that's fine. And that's great. They would look great in colonial homes, but we don't have that. We have a, we have a very modern, uh, well now not modern, but we have, we have a, a kind of 50 style house, very low roof line, very flat, um, very, very kind of indicative of, of like Frank Lloyd Wright and, and the designers of those times where they, where they kept everything very close, what's called the plain style, uh, to the ground and, uh, and the, the, you know, wood accents and, and paneling like that was, that was the, all the kickers. Basically, if you ever saw a, uh, a, uh, episode of Mad Men in their office suite, that's pretty much how our house looks like. That's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the design of it. Yeah. The, the river table thing, I've never been a big fan of, I don't know the, the, the whole, it's like glass and wood, like glass in the, in a wood void just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. And then after that guy actually like trademarked the name, I was like, well, now this has douchebag all over it. Like it's just <laughs> That was kind of a douchebag move, but I, I will tell you that we, we did a river, not so much a river table. It wasn't meant to look like a river, but we, we did the experiment of seeing if we can use resin as an actual 
structural bond in wood and where we we basically took a slab of ash and then embedded a walnut tree in it and then created a kerf about an inch wide on each side uh if we could do just clear resin it wasn't meant to look like a river and it doesn't look like a river but uh, the idea was can it all hold together without something underneath it uh as the main structural support and it and by the way it, it does and it has for the last four years since we did it so it was a it was a fun project but but i agree it's it's uh maybe a little overdone but i'll tell you what it sells and when you can commission a 1200 or 1800 or four thousand dollar table for somebody and they they want that style by all means you know you you make it the best you can make that money and that being said, I've built a lot of pieces that were similar to mid-century modern furniture because client work. Sure. You know, but I want to I want to point something out too. Frank Lloyd Wright was not necessarily just stuck in that mid-century modern realm. Oh no, he's he did a lot of colonial stuff. He did a lot of, you know, colonial, he did some very very kind of gothic style stuff. Um I forget the term right now. I'm brain- brutalist traveling brain damage um right no actually if i could if i could have anything there's a there's a style in the late 60s called brutalist and there are a couple of known architects that were where they made these just monolithic horrific looking buildings and they were oftentimes for government or for project housing or uh telecoms or things like that mm-hmm. but they were they're like the walls are like three feet thick concrete and there's just window slits in it like there's just some some of these amazing buildings that are everybody's idea uh the opening scenes for men in black where they, they're walking through that hallway with like gus the security guard and the big fan in the background that's one of those type buildings and it's uh it's it's like it's like i don't know why i'm drawn to that but that it's just, there's nothing pretty about it. It is all, it's literally a brutal building. Mm. I wouldn't even know what to put in there for furniture. I assume that would just be solid pieces of chunks of something. <laughs> <laughs> Slabs of concrete. To right, sit on. exactly. <clears throat> like um, like s- small thrones made out of, out of, uh, you know, asphalt or something. I, uh, I asked the uh, folks just a couple, you know, final questions before we start to wrap things up. So, um. We'll hit these up quick. Uh, Gary wants to know what are some things that you, what haven't you built that is something you've always wanted to build? Everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much everything. Let's see. Um, I want to build a drill powered forklift. I definitely want to do a Ferris wheel. I want to do a self returning um, zip line. I want to do a zombie that a robot zombie that pulls a chariot. Um, <laughs> So you haven't thought about it, is what you're saying? No, nah, no. <laughs> Joel, want, do you have anything? Yeah, I want to build an elevator. I want. We have a section in our basement where where our basement steps take a U turn, and uh, well, not turn, a left turn to them. And there, if you if you extended the hallway instead of going down the stairs, if you just and you'd have this perfect like one person elevator, maybe a four by four, maybe maybe two skinny people. Um, where, where I would love to install like a home built, like, uh, one of those, uh, the, the, the slinky gates, you know, that has the, the cross hatching, mm-hmm. 
mechanism to it and and literally have one of those toggles that are like up down like one of the big like ship like we go ding you know like forward and reverse <laughs> kind of a thing it, like right in the middle of it interestingly it would, enough that bearing i just made would work really well for that as a as a um, safety mechanism yeah 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 there's the, you know that's yeah, that on your instagram story the the funny thing is the the thing that got uh it's uh otis who's the who's the guy that did the uh, otis otis elevators right so the, their big thing, the thing that, that got them to where they were was a patented design on a, uh, on an automated brake system that used inertia to basically just clamp down on the rails because apparently elevators before that time were maybe death traps. Yeah. So they just fell. They just fell. <laughs> so, so their design incorporated a, a automatic brake that it didn't require anything. Like it wasn't, it was only mechanical in the sense that that if you started moving fast, it would just go boom and stop the elevator from falling. So you get maybe a foot. So, so, yeah. so safety first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, uh, I'm trying to figure out. So I've made a tray for the kitchen and now I've made one for the bath. So I guess the thing I have to make next is where else can I put a tray? It's really kind of the car tray. You, you don't see do a lot a of those. Tray. You can do a car tray. Toilet. It might be. Uh, I got one in the bathtub, though. That's you need a toilet tray so you can, you know, sit down, put your coffee there, your phone there, you know, whatever happens. All right, that's next. <laughs> yeah, did I ever tell you about my amazing idea? And I still haven't done anything with it. It was the auto flipping toilet paper. Yeah, did, did I? Re- yeah, did you talked about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. gonna bring that to a uh, thing. I, I, I still am. It's it's not a particularly hard device to do, but it, basically the idea is no matter how, what your your personal feelings on toilet paper. Uh, by the way, if you have it on the inside, you're wrong. If yes. you go up over the top on the outside, yes. Um, in, no matter how someone installs it, there would be a little sensor that 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 flips it the right way, even if they install it the wrong way. Uh, so that that was a that was a fun like those little things, those fun little quirky things are are fun design ideas. I need to build myself. Speaking of trays, I need to design something as an end table for where I sit in the living room. Because I don't have room for a traditional end table to the couch. And so I need something that kind of, uh, you know, I always like the end tables that slip underneath the, the couch. And in the table, it mirrors the, the foot of mm-hmm. it. But it keeps, it's only on two legs versus four. So you can kind of tuck it under the couch. And so then it would be kind of in your lap. That's what you should work on. I actually already built one of those, but I didn't put pictures anywhere because they're they're sort of... Well, it's just, just a the term you. ubiquitous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I have one of those in my house right now. So. Yeah. They're, well, they're handy to have. Well, there's something. <laughs> right. So, um, let's see. Somebody else asked a question in here. I think it'll probably be the last one. Uh, if you were given twenty thousand tomorrow to purchase a piece of machinery or a tool, what would it be and why? Joel. Um. I would, I would, I would put it towards a new shop, but <laughs> if I, if I had already had the new shop, um, I have, um, a couple of products I could use that I could use, um, either another CNC, uh, which is always good, or I'd build a machine that doesn't currently exist, uh, that would be used for grinding wood in a very particular way. Um, 
So it's, it would be used for parts probably to, mm. to bring things together. Yeah. If you gave me 20,000, I'd probably have to give you 19 back. Cause I got for my size shop. I pretty much have everything I need at this point. And, uh, I'm not sure I'd even have room for other things if I wanted to add them. You could get a whole hand tool selection. That doesn't take up much room. You could get some really nice hand I'm not planes. a hand tool guy, man. Yeah, I'm but- out there. I'm out there to get the job done. I'm not there to the experience of hand planing things down is they make planers for that shit. Yeah, I I know, but I'm no James Wright, but having that wall of tools behind him, even if you don't ever touch them. The problem is, is that at some point it's going to look like it's snowed on them because they're going to be covered in all of the sawdust and spider webs in the world. Yeah, and yeah. then somebody's going to be like, oh, look at this guy. He's got every Stanley hand plane ever made, and he's never used one of them. So, <laughs> like, they still have the uh, the blue tape over the the thing on the bottom. Yeah, they're, yeah that, that that whole hand tool thing, I, listen, I, I respect and appreciate guys that do it. And every now and again, I'll take out a plane to, you know, sort of rough up some edges and, uh, you know, maybe maybe knock some corners off of things. Um, but, yeah, that's not, I ain't hand planing. I'm not hand tooling shit. <laughs> like that's every now and again, I'll use a hand saw just to cut some things. Cause I don't feel like, you know, firing up the table saw or getting the miter, uh, you know, something like that out. But do you have a, do it. you have a good cabinet scraper? I do. I have a do whole you? set. Do you? They're, they're one of the most underutilized and underappreciated. Uh, they do, they finish off wood, uh, hardwoods, uh, better than sandpaper ever could. Mm-hmm. Oh, easy. Hang on. We have a sandpaper. I, I uh, know. And they, the, luckily they do also sell, <laughs> sell yeah. card scrapers. Our, yes. So. Our, uh, our, our primary sponsor is a, they're, they're <laughs> kind of big on the whole sandpaper thing. <laughs> well, that's true. We'll have to edit that part out. If you, yeah, <laughs> that being said, unless you really know how to use a card scraper, finishing a tabletop with one or even a small top with one can be kind of tricky because you can end up doing is if you don't plane it out evenly, you'll end up with rough spots and some very fine finished spots and it'll really screw up your finish. So, um, I'm not a big fan of them. Of card really? Cards. I thought you would mm. be. No, I like them for a lot of things, but as far as like finishing out for a tight top, a top, no, I would never, I never use it. I'll sand it out because I can get a nice even, I can get a nice even finish, um, sanding finish across the top, and then I spray it with as much lacquer as I can. <laughs> yeah, no, the I I primarily use card scrapers for removing finish. Oh, that's a good idea. The, they they yeah. do work well for so, that, especially anything that's anytime that's I'm gummy. anytime I'm refinishing want, anything, I, I do that. I want my fantasy twenty thousand dollars to do something with my shop turn. When do I get that turn? Are you? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, no, go go go. Mm-hmm. I, it's going to involve some form of, um, let me guess first. Okay. It's got, it's going to involve some type of livestock or gardening. No. No, oh, shit. Joel, you want to take a stab? Uh, bigger planer, drum sander, or, um. I guess he doesn't want a drum sander. Uh, something for re-sign. Nope. Okay. What no. I want to do is lift my entire shop off the ground and put it on two pivot points on each end and then make it motorized with an electronic system in it so whenever i start walking towards a wall it starts tilting so it just like the whole shop rotates in 360 degrees so i can put tools on the walls on the ceiling everywhere and i'll always just be able to keep walk up to them and then access them you can do that for 20 g's i bet i could <laughs> i bet you could too and then we'd have to do your obituary explaining how the table saw fell on my head the table saw no. fell on you <laughs> 
<laughs> Hang on. Do me a favor. Reach out to uh, Mike Z over at Clingsport. See if he's got 20 grand laying around. I want to see if they're willing to put up for this. I need to. Uh, I'm talking to. I mean, talk about you could take a tiny, you know, you wouldn't need a much. You wouldn't. You could just take a big, huge shop and condense it if you had, like, say, a thousand. You're going to have a shop gim- shop on a gimbal? Is that basically what you're talking about? Well, you know, let's just think about it. If You have to make it a little taller than, than you would, like, eight feet. You know, maybe go 14 feet by, you know, 20 feet by. 20 feet let's call it that so if you could put tools on four walls imagine this you could have tools on the wall on the ceiling on the floor and on the opposite wall there's just tools everywhere you'd have plenty of room you would never it would take up a much smaller this is the future guys this is the mini shop of the future i'm telling you yeah until that saw stop falls on your face (laughs) i want to know this is both brilliant and raises the question of do you can you give out your drug dealer's number? I don't I'm do these, drugs. No, no, <laughs> no drugs, guys. Because it's, because it's it's too. This is too brilliant not to be stoned out of your gourd. Oh, sorry. I so I'm thinking like shipping containers, like on a like on a on a pivot, like four of them stacked together, so you have like 18 foot in every direction, except it's 40 foot long. You know? Yeah. 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 But like just a giant. You, it's just it it just you know with. I think what is there 337 million people in the U.S. If you don't include Alaska, that means there's a three acres, three and a half acres for every single person that's in the U.S. If you include the whole, you know, all the acres in the lower uh, lower 40 or 50, um, so your people we're running out of space here, people. So we need to like start minimizing. Well, to be fair, I think a third of them are under the age of being able to make. <laughs> Well, actually, so, yeah, there's probably more. There's probably a little bit more than that because I, you know, I don't think the cons- the Census Bureau counts anybody until they hit the edge of like 14. Is it? Or is it 12 or 14 mm. or something like that? Do they no count idea. Them? I don't know. Anyway, um, I just think it's the shop of the future. I'm just telling you, you know, it's just you know. I, listen, I'm not against you. I'd like to see you build it. I hope somebody comes along with twenty thousand and lays it in your lap and goes, "Hey, go crazy!" Right. So <laughs> that would be cool. I'm. I'm I'm okay with Could it. you imagine the size of the stepper motors you'd need to run the... <laughs> <laughs> so that thing turns, you have the generator in your house would be like... would be like, oh, shit. Either the, that uh, or it would have to be perfectly balanced, and I mean flawlessly, so your your 150 pounds would be what actuates the whole thing. No. There's no there's, uh, this sounds like a great, terrible idea. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Well, well, hey, listen, shit, we've talked for an hour and a half. Well, two we of do us that did. sometimes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, two of us did. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the last half an hour is amazing. It was. Sorry, you had to go sit through the first hour to get to it, right? <laughs> if you've made it this far, <laughs> if you've made it this far, <laughs> the code is yeah. You're uh, that 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 clinical depression thing we talked about is probably real for you. Right. <laughs> you might want to go sit down. <laughs> so, uh, do you guys have anything you want to? Uh, Anything else you want to kind of talk about before we uh, wrap up the uh, the wrap up? I just want to say thanks for waiting for me, guys. Of course, always a pleasure. Um, hey, I just uh, also really quickly for those of you that are still here and listening, um, we are coming up on this is episode ninety six, so we're coming up on a hundred episodes of doing this. Um, we don't have any big plans for the hundredth episode, uh, FYI, just uh, not our style. Um, is it when when? It's going to be what one twenty when we do the Klingspor event. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got plans for some type of anniversary, but I think it'll be probably that. I don't know that the uh, the is that a centennial? Is that the the hundred? I don't. Yes, uh, but uh, 
I don't think that we'll do much, if anything, for uh, the centennial episode. I'm, I have an idea for something, but the amount of work and labor that's going to go into it is probably going to be a little a little prohibitive. Ooh, ooh sure. After, I sure just after. started a new job. Yeah, I just, considering I just started a new job, um, I don't know how much free time I'll have, but uh, maybe. So, um, but yeah, and uh, listen, I just want to say thanks to everybody that, that showed up tonight, uh, sent comments beforehand, uh, hung out, chatted with us. You guys gave us a lot of really interesting uh, thoughts and ideas. So, um, you know, thanks for everybody here. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, you know, just the, the, and hanging. The, yeah, the feedback we get from this community and 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 the. Um, you know, just all the, the stuff that we get from you guys in terms of the, you know, uh, inspiration, feedback, just the love all the way around. It, uh, it, it doesn't go unnoticed, even if we don't talk about it a lot. So, um, but thank you for everything. Uh, feel free, if you like, check out our website. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, um, we secretly call you a piece of garbage when you're not listening. So um, head over to the YouTube and uh, subscribe because we do some interesting stuff like this there from time to time. Uh, it's hard to do this in a podcast format otherwise. So um, YouTube is really kind of the only place we can interact in real time. So if you're uh, if you have an opportunity, subscribe over there. We usually record live Sundays or Monday nights, depending on when everybody's available. So, and we usually give you at least nine minutes notice before we go live. So, but uh, check us out. We are on the social medias at Maybe Podcast. So, you know. Hit us up. If you got questions, comments, concerns. Um, if you want to sponsor the show, um, we'll figure out something. <laughs> so, um, and I just want to say thank you to uh, Sarah over at Wartooth. Is it uh, Wartooth.com? I think it's the website, which is under construction, but it does link to Etsy and some other stuff. Um, so we're going to figure out exactly what it is that she's got to give away and how we're going to give it away. Uh, but she's going to be uh, providing some information and some good, some goody goods for the uh, show. So more to follow on that. And we do have some giveaways coming up. So we keep talking about those and eventually we'll find a way to give those away as well. So that's pretty much it, guys. I think we've, uh, we've, we've exhausted the... We've exhausted the uh, patience of our audience at this point, I imagine. So, but uh, we uh, onward and upward, and I guess we'll uh, we'll catch everybody on the next episode. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.